Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of She. If this is your first time tuning in, I am so glad that you are here. Welcome, welcome. I love that you hit play on this episode. This is going to be a really juicy, interesting one. And if it is not your first time tuning in, then welcome back. Thank you for your support of the show. And if you have five seconds while you listen, I would love if you can leave a rating or review for the show. It's just a really easy, free way to show some support for the show. And I would really appreciate you doing that. Okay, so here's the deal. Today, I want to talk about something that I have shared a little bit on my social media platforms about and had gotten a lot of requests for a podcast on, questions about, responses to, et cetera. And so I thought, okay, let's just have this conversation in one place so that anytime I get questions about it, I can like send you guys here. So we're going to talk about something called adrenal fatigue. Now, before I dig into it, I want to make sure I highlight that it's kind of a debate in like the health wellness medical world. There are some doctors and providers and, you know, researchers who are like, eh, that's not really a thing. And then there are many who are like, eh, that's definitely a thing. So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to share a little bit of my experience and how I even came to hear this term (laughs) and uh, what led me to kind of discover this as a concept in general. And then I will share a little bit of a breakdown from different schools of thought from uh, the school of thought that kind of is more of a proponent of the fact that this can be a real thing, as well as some thoughts from Mayo Clinic, which re- represent the more like traditional Western medicine view of like, mm, not really sure it's a thing. And then I'm also going to share a little excerpt from a book called How to Heal Your Metabolism, which is from like the pro-metabolic Dr. Ray Pete world, um, which you may or may not be familiar with. That's kind of another topic. My point is I kind of want to share, and that one is definitely more of a proponent of it being a thing and it kind of covers why. So I'm going to make sure that in this episode, we cover these different viewpoints and where they're coming from, and then you can decide for yourself where you land on it. But I'm just giving you the information and sharing what I've learned through my own experience and we'll go from there. I'm also going to cover some signs and symptoms that tend to be associated with this, especially for proponents of it. I'm going to cover some basic causes or what they believe the cause to be. And then I will share a little bit about what they tend to do for testing and how to, at the end, we're going to wrap up with what are some steps we can be doing to support our adrenals. And I'll dive into like what adrenals even are, but we're going to talk about like, what can we be doing just in our daily lives to best support our bodies and specifically our adrenals and adrenal glands. Cool. So that's how we're going to do it. Again, like I said, there's a lot of different thoughts and cooks in the kitchen on this topic. So you can come to your own conclusion based on the information I share, but I'm going to share it. I'm going to put it all out there and then we're going to go from there. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, 
a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. All right, so let me start with my experience, my story of kind of how I even came to discover this term and how I was told I probably have this and all the things. So first, a little over a year ago, at least from the time I'm recording this, I'm recording this in early February, um, a little over a year ago, I was fatigued pretty much constantly. Like There was a probably solid four to six month window where I was just like constantly tired. I would sleep 10 hours a night, 12 hours a night, sleep in later than I ever had. I mean, for a few months, we were living with my parents when we had sold our house and we're waiting to move into our new build. And I like, they have like a guest bedroom, like in the dungeon of their basement. Like it has no windows or anything. It's not technically a guest bedroom, probably up to code, but whatever. They have a bedroom back there that has no windows. And I slept, I mean, because I couldn't, like I would sleep till like noon even after going to bed by like 10 or 11 o'clock, like I would just sleep like 12 plus hours sometimes. And I would wake up just not feeling that rested. And so anyways, that was kind of one big thing I was noticing. I was just constantly like not feeling like myself. I was just constantly tired, sleeping a ton and still not feeling rested. So that went on for a couple of months, but the years prior to that, like the years leading up to that, I really had worked at an incredibly unsustainable pace, like traveling, time zone hopping all over. I mean, especially the year prior, I had pretty much like like the year and a half prior, really. I mean, that was the year we were traveling like crazy for my book. We were, I was speaking, we had all these work trips. Like we were in like hustle mode. We actually calculated it out. And I think we found that like in a 10 month span, we had not been home more like for a week straight, more than twice in those 10 months. Like we'd come home, be home for like three or four days and then we'd go again. And then we'd come home, be home for four or five days, be gone again. So there was only like two or three weeks in that whole 10 months where we were, we were home for a full week straight. It was wild. So not only that, but that was like on top of years of just like trying to hustle and grow and build my business and do all the things and figure it out. And I was up late on my laptop at night and traveling a lot. And it got to a point where like, I was just, I had no work boundaries. I was just going and trying to make things happen. And there's sometimes seasons for that. Right. But it was kind of chronic. Like that went on for a handful of years, like probably three or four years straight. And then specifically the six to 12 months prior to this period where I suddenly just like could not feel Entered. Like I had no energy. I was tired no matter how much I slept. Um, the six to 12 months prior to that, I had just lived through a lot of physical and emotional trauma. I had just walked through two pregnancy losses. My second pregnancy loss had quite a few complications afterwards. So there was a lot of like traumatizing experiences that I was not prepared for and a lot of my body. So it was like an intense healing process. And it was also like emotionally so draining, right? Trauma is really, I mean, I learned that trauma is anything. This is how my therapist defined it. Cause I thought trauma was like, you see like a gory car accident or something. And that can certainly be trauma, but it's really anything that you don't know how to emotionally like process or like comprehend. And it's like jarring to you. So anyways, that was like helpful for me to understand like, Oh, I 100% just lived through a lot of trauma. Then like there was a lot of different unique experiences in the big experience through loss that really rocked me in many ways. And then I didn't know how to like make sense of or like comprehend. Um, and that really kind of messed with me a lot. So anyways, 
there was a lot of emotional and mental trauma as well as a lot of physical trauma too. And so I think my system was already taxed in the sense that I had like just run myself into the ground with intense workouts and traveling all the time and living on different time zones and staying up late working and just trying to do all the things. Like I was in a chronic hustle mode for years and then went through loss. And then it was like trauma and grief and like all the physical aspects of that, I think just like was the straw that broke the camel's back in the sense that it was just like added stress to my system. Like my system was already stressed. I was already living in like a state of chronic hustle and chronic stress. Then I went through two losses and it was like grief and trauma is like its own stressor on the system, right? It's its own stressor on the body. And so I think that just like coupled with everything prior to it was like enough for me to just be like, I feel like my body was just like, yeah, we're done. We're done here. Like this is way too much. And so anyways, you know, that like, as I kind of dug into like, what have I just lived the last four years? Oh, that would make sense why my body is kind of at a place of like, we, we need a break, like, whoa, you know, and I think it was trying to like heal and not just from the physical stuff that I had experienced, but also just in general. And so anyways, you know, I look back at how I used to work and I used to work like 12 hour days up late at night on my laptop, no boundaries to phones, no boundaries to laptops literally had no natural energy by the time I was like 24 or 25, like within a couple years of working that way, like I was living on multiple double shot lattes a day, just like relying on that for energy and would just like work straight through lunch. Cause I didn't even really have an appetite, which is a sign of like low metabolic function. It's just not great. So I thought that was normal. Like I just thought I'm not super hungry. I'm just going to like, you know, keep working. I'll eat dinner later. And then it was just like so taxing to my system to not like balance blood sugar. And there's so many like sciencey things I could get into, but I'm not going to. I'm just giving you the summary of what I think led to this point where I was like, oh my gosh, why am I so tired all the time, you know? And then, you know, around that time, I had started doing some testing, just general health testing, more like originally it was more so just to try to figure out why am I having losses? Um, and so when I first started that process, it was that was why I was starting like this health journey. That was kind of where it began. But in that process, I found out like my thyroid was pretty sluggish, which is sometimes kind of sometimes can go hand in hand with adrenal stuff. So I'll get into that a little bit, but not too deeply because this isn't medical advice. Also disclaimer, Um, but, you know, found out my thyroid was sluggish. And then eventually I was working with a dietitian as well, trying to support my body a little bit better. And she had suggested doing what's called a Dutch test. So Dutch is a um, acronym, which stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. So it's a hormone test. So it helps. It's not just for like cortisol or anything, but one of the things it tests is your cortisol levels over like a three-day period, which I will explain in more detail later. So anyway, that was kind of like where I got the Dutch test done. And then she went through the results with me and she's like, okay, the results I'm seeing here are explaining a lot about how you're feeling over here. So that was kind of the moment for me where I was like, oh, and so she explained what adrenal insufficiency or adrenal fatigue is, is like what it actually is and how it can work. And that was where I started my journey into like digging into it and all of that. So anyway, that's kind of what my experience was with it. But let me walk you through some different schools of thought on it. And then you can kind of decide for yourself what you think about it. So I'm going to start with little excerpt from a website called endocrineweb.com. This just kind of gives an overview of a little bit of the debate that exists and kind of different viewpoints on it. And then I'll get into a little bit more specifics. So let me read this excerpt and then I'll dig in more. So it says, some studies argue against adrenal fatigue as a diagnostic category. Symptoms related to adrenal dysfunction are also referred to as adrenal disorder or adrenal insufficiency. 
Some researchers maintain that adrenal fatigue does not exist. A 2016 review published in the medical journal BMC Endocrine Disorders examined 50 recent studies and concluded that there is no statistically verifiable relationship between adrenal deficiency and fatigue. Practitioners such as Dr. Wilson, however, disagree. And then this is a quote from Dr. Wilson. He said, the research for this goes back years. Henry Harrower, one of the original editors of the Journal of Endocrinology, wrote quite a bit about low adrenal function. It was known by different names such as hypocortisolism and minor Addison's disease, says Wilson. A 2011 evidence-based review published in in Integrative Medicine states, studies have shown a correlation between hypocortisolism and numerous disease states, such as metabolic syndrome and fibromyalgia, as well as chronic pain syndromes, cardiometabolic disease, mood disorders, autoimmune diseases, and malignancies. Adrenal fatigue has become increasingly recognized by naturopaths, homeopaths, and doctors of functional medicine. However, many traditional medicine doctors uphold that it is not a viable condition in part due to how generalized its alleged symptoms are and the fact that they that they can apply to many other causes such as depression and hypothyroidism. So that's kind of a quick overview of kind of where the debate lies as of now. I'm then going to read you a bit um, from Mayo Clinic to kind of dive into the the view or the perspective of those who would say, no, this isn't really a thing. It could be so many other things. And then I'm also going to read you some excerpts from a book called, um, how to heal your, uh, how to heal your metabolism. It's more the like pro metabolic world of, if you're not familiar with pro metabolic worlds, um, I mean, I would say like pioneer of that is Dr. Ray Pete. Um, this book is written by someone named Kate Deering. Um, but anyways, my point is this, the second thing I'm going to read will highlight a little bit more of like why, Like it's more from the view of like being a proponent of the fact that this can be a real thing. So first from Mayo Clinic and their stance on this, the more traditional Western medicine view. So this says adrenal fatigue is not an accepted medical diagnosis. It is a lay term applied to a collection of nonspecific symptoms such as body aches, fatigue, nervousness, sleep disturbances, and digestive problems. And then it goes on and says, your adrenal glands produce a variety of hormones that are essential to life. The medical term adrenal insufficiency refers to an inadequate production of one or more of these hormones as a result of an underlying disease or surgery. Adrenal insufficiency can be diagnosed by blood tests and special stimulation tests that show inadequate levels of adrenal hormones. Um, And then it goes on to say, proponents of the adrenal fatigue diagnosis claim this is a mild form of adrenal insufficiency caused by chronic stress. This unproven theory, oh, the unproven theory behind adrenal fatigue is that your adrenal glands are unable to keep up with the pace of the demands of perpetual fight or flight arousal. So that's kind of Mayo Clinic's view on the whole thing. So allegedly, from what I'm reading here, it seems that adrenal insufficiency is actually like a thing that they diagnose by blood tests. And then they're saying that proponents of adrenal fatigue claim that this is a more mild form of adrenal insufficiency that can be caused by chronic stress. So let's dig into what proponents of adrenal fatigue would say. So this is from the book, How to Heal Your Metabolism. I would say this is relatively representative of what most I've come across on you know, being a proponent of adrenal fatigue is this kind of summarizes a lot of it. So first and foremost, it says there are two adrenal glands that sit on top of each kidney. The adrenal glands main responsibility is to release hormones in response to stress. However, chronic elevation of any of these hormones will increase aging, lower thyroid function, increase fat gain, increase lactic acid production, muscle wasting, et cetera. Then it says, remember, the adrenal gland and the thyroid are antagonistic to each other, which I find interesting given 
what Mayo Clinic said about how, you know, maybe these symptoms are due to hypothyroid or whatever. These things can actually really interact and be antagonistic to each other. Then another part of this um, same kind of part on adrenal fatigue, I'm kind of skipping around a bit, but just pulling the most relevant information. It says, when your adrenals are not functioning optimally, many health practitioners refer to this as adrenal fatigue. The adrenals are burned out and can no longer support the ongoing stress of your body. Adrenaline and cortisol are depleted and the body experiences extreme fatigue, illness, and even disease. Yet, in my opinion, the root of the problem is not the adrenals. The root of the problem is a suppressed thyroid. So I found this really interesting. Imagine your thyroid is a main power system and your adrenals are your in case of emergency generator. When your main power system thyroid is not working is working correctly, you don't need your generator or adrenals as much. However, once your power system fails, your generator kicks in so that you can still get energy. The generator adrenals work when your main power system thyroid needs support in a time of crisis or stress. The problem starts when your generator or adrenals has to work overtime. The generator, again, adrenals, is not meant to be your primary system to produce energy. And if it, adrenals, work too hard, the system will die out very quickly. This is often referred to as adrenal fatigue. The common practice to alleviate this diagnosis is to fix the adrenals, yet this is not the root of the problem. What you need to do is fix the main power source, the thyroid, so the adrenals can take a much-needed break, recover, and regenerate from all their hard work. The adrenals will regenerate in the right conditions with, with nutrient-rich foods and lower stress. Fixing the adrenals only is not going to solve the problem, at least not long-term. If you don't fix the thyroid, the adrenals will continue to fall back into dysfunction and the cycle will go on. So I just thought that was really interesting, and it goes into a ton of like sciencey stuff as to why and how this can affect things like immune function and blood pressure and sleep and mood and digestive issues and liver and all of that. But that's kind of a slightly different view. I guess I kind of misstated at the beginning of that when I said that that's like representative of the proponents of adrenal fatigue. I already kind of covered that in that initial excerpt from Endocrine Web. But that's kind of us taking it a step further and saying, I guess the reason I wanted to read that is because it kind of, in my mind, like the viewpoint from... Mayo Clinic and kind of the more traditional worldview is like, they're like, well, you know, adrenal fatigue may actually be related to something like depression or hypothyroidism. Like it could be a misdiagnosis. And what this is saying is like in the functional, like, you know, homeopathic, more like naturalistic world of medicine and wellness, the whole like adrenal fatigue thing could actually be real. Like our adrenals could be fatigued, but maybe it is due to a more uh, specific root problem that is more uh, recognized in the medical world. Like thyroid dysfunction. Okay. So it, that kind of, in my mind, like bridged the gap a little bit more between them. Maybe to you, it doesn't, but I just found that interesting. I hadn't heard that kind of explanation of like your main power source for your hormone function starts with your thyroid. And then the adrenals are kind of like the next level. So if your adrenals or if your thyroid's not functioning optimally and your adrenals start to pay the price of that, that's where things can go haywire. And then that to me made a lot of sense because when I found out I had adrenal fatigue, I had just recently found out I had a little bit of a underactive thyroid. So it like kind of went hand in hand. So take with that what you will. I'm not saying that this is gospel. I'm just sharing different viewpoints, different thoughts on the matter and kind of the things that I thought made sense to me. I think all different, all of these different viewpoints have a point, but I think there are things to consider from each and you can do that what you will. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next and I stayed on budget. 
Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. So that said, giving you kind of a broad overview of the concept in general... For those who are proponents of adrenal fatigue, regardless of whether they think the root issue is the thyroid or the adrenals themselves, there's like a list of some common signs and symptoms that often are looked at as associated with this and what a lot of practitioners will look at when they're saying, oh, maybe you have adrenal fatigue or adrenal insufficiency or whatever. So first is obviously fatigue, particularly when waking up with intermittent crashes throughout the day, which is essentially what I was experiencing. Um, Poor stress response and mood regulation. I definitely had a little bit of that as well. 
Another one is cognitive issues or brain fog. Uh, another one is increased levels of energy in the evening, whereas in the morning when they should be like kind of rising, they're at their lowest. Cravings for salty and sweet foods, an overuse or dependence on caffeine and other stimulants, and a compromised immune system. So those are the more common symptoms. And then the less common symptoms are believed to include things like insomnia, frequent urination, loss of muscle tone, poor circulation, depression, weight gain, and increased libido. So that's kind of an overview of some of the common and less common symptoms. What proponents of adrenal fatigue believe are the causes are things like any kind of excess stress that causes the adrenals to increase cortisol production continuously, okay? Adrenal fatigue is thought to occur when the adrenals have been overworked to the degree that they can no longer secrete levels of cortisol that are adequate for optimal function. Because what I didn't realize, I thought like all cortisol was bad. And maybe you've thought like the same kind of thing because we hear like, oh, stress is bad for you, stress is bad. And cortisol is a stress is the stress hormone, right? And so what I didn't understand is that there's actually like a healthy like curve that cortisol should follow throughout the day. So in the morning, it starts out like obviously at pretty much baseline. And then like it starts lower. Then in the morning, mid-morning to morning to like midday, it like it should like rise like pretty fast and then slowly come down throughout the afternoon and evening, going back to baseline by the time you go to bed. When you have adrenal fatigue or you're on the verge of adrenal fatigue, either your cortisol production can be way above that curve, like it's going really high, or it can be like barely rising throughout the day. And what I was experiencing is that my cortisol curve, which essentially gives us the energy for our day, for the day, right? It's like that when I was just reading, like that backup generator for energy, my like cortisol levels were not rising like at all. Like <laughs> it was like, almost flat, which means it wasn't following that healthy normal curve. If it's way outside the range and way too high, that means you're like sustaining at too high of a level of stress throughout the day. It's like chronically elevated. But if it's kind of below that curve, that means that it's like tapped. It's like, at least that's how it was explained to me by my practitioner when they were like, okay, so it was probably sustained for like a really long time, way too high. And now it's like your adrenals are like, we're done. Like the generator's powering off. Like we are not going to rise. Um, and so I, my cortisol level, and therefore that explained why I was so fatigued because it wasn't rising at that normal, like, you know, that it wasn't following that curve of like giving me that natural energy. So that was really interesting to look at. So all of that said, that's just kind of something to note because I thought like any levels of cortisol were bad when in reality, like you want to have a little bit of a healthy curve, but you don't want it to be really high or you don't want it to be really low because that's a sign of something not functioning quite right. Obviously, I think another thing to point out too is that obviously you will have moments where it jumps really high, right? Like you're in a panicked state or you're like behind on a deadline and trying to hurry up and like stress. For like a couple hours or an hour or something, that's one thing. But if you do a proper cortisol test, typically they test that over the course of several days to kind of see like, okay, what's your averages? What is your pattern looking like? And based on that, if your curve over the course of three or four days is sustained a certain, you know, whether it's super low or really high, then that's usually a sign of like, okay, that's more reliable than like a single snapshot in time. Like I once had a doctor pull a cortisol level on me from like a blood test at just like two in the afternoon on a random day. And they're like, oh, your cortisol is not too high. You're fine. And at the time before I knew any of this, I was like, oh, so I'm not, I'm not as stressed as I thought I was cool. Like I'm good. (laughs) And it's like, that is not a helpful data point to have like one single like read without any context. So just something to note there. Also, they tend to say that like, especially proponents of adrenal fatigue or those who believe in it, like the functional practitioners and things like that and functional doctors and homeopathic doctors, they typically don't 
say that a blood test is the best way to get that information anyway. So just something to note. Um, okay. All of that said, we're talking about causes back to that. So a few potential stressors can think, include things like environmental or dietary influences, like things that can cause stress to our bodies as well as anxiety and emotional stress. Like it's not just like, Oh, you work too much. So therefore like you're stressed. That's part of it, but also environmental factors, dietary influences, things that are stressing and taxing our system can absolutely play a role as well as things like grief trauma, autoimmune conditions, and things like that are also considered to have a possible chronic negative impact on adrenal function. So that again, if we're rolling with like this as a, as the viewpoint we're going with for right now, that makes a lot of sense, right? Given what I shared earlier. And then one other thing is that they also proponents of this often think that an overview, an overuse of antibiotics is also believed to have possible detrimental effects on cortisol production. So again, these are just a few possible causes that are often thought of when looking at something like adrenal fatigue and problems with the adrenals. Another thing that I wanted to share from endocrine web is that it's not necessarily a disease. So I'm going to share a little excerpt from that because I think this is helpful to understand. So this excerpt says it's not a disease says Dr. Wilson. This is the same guy that was quoted earlier. It's a syndrome that results from being stressed to a point at which the body cannot respond in an optimal way. He draws connections between adrenal fatigue and nearly all autoimmune diseases since the mental and physical stresses accompanying such conditions often also affect the adrenals. Doctors who treat adrenal fatigue also suggest that conditions such as clinical depression and PTSD often tax the adrenals in ways that can cause chronic deficiency. About 25% of what's considered clinical depression also involves low cortisol, while about 75% of clinical depression also involves high cortisol, says Dr. Wilson. So it's pervasive with the adrenal having so much to do with proper immune function, proper blood sugar balance, and with brain function. There's thousands of cortisol receptors in every part of the brain and they work in conjunction with each other and with other neurotransmitters. So that's just really fascinating to me. It kind of goes hand in hand a little bit with what I was reading from that book as well. Um, and the book that I just read from the how to heal your metabolism talks about like low immune function and mood disorders. Like here's a, here's a small excerpt on the immune function kind of going hand in hand with that. It says, as I have said previously, the stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol stay elevated when thyroid activity is suppressed. Although this is life-saving in the short term, chronically elevated stress hormones lower the effects of the immune system. Cortisol breaks down the thymus gland to produce needed sugar for the body. And the thymus produces T cells, which protect the body from bacteria and viruses. A damaged thymus leads to lower immunity. So I just thought that was really interesting. It talks about sleep disorders and sleep challenges and kind of how all of that goes hand in hand. So anyway, I feel like there's so much I could share with you that I'm trying not to overload you with information, but I'm trying to show you like all the different perspectives and thoughts on this because it, it's just really fascinating. So again, that's kind of a little bit on the, not only the causes and the common symptoms, but also the fact that it's not necessarily a disease, but it's a syndrome or it can actually be, it, it's kind of like it can lead to disease or it can negatively impact disease. So that's something to note. One other thing is about testing, because this is something that when I was sharing that I learned more about this and have been really intrigued by it. There's a lot of people like, how do I test for this? How do I find out if I have it? And then also a little bit about treatment, which I don't, I use that word lightly because pretty much everything I've read is like, there's not necessarily like a medication you take, like from the endocrine web website, it says there's no pharmaceutical method for how to treat adrenal fatigue, which some naturopaths and doctors, uh, but osteopathy consider to be a factor in traditional medicine's view of the condition suggested natural remedies. And it goes on to explain what those are. So that's kind of something to note. But first, let me touch on testing and kind of what that can look like and kind of how to know if like, are my adrenals like 
struggling, you know? And if, if you, maybe you don't, maybe you find yourself in the camp of like adrenal fatigue isn't a thing. Okay, fine. But I'm sure we can all agree that like adrenals being taxed or not functioning optimally is probably a thing, right? And it's worth supporting. So first and foremost, when it comes to testing, doctors conducting an adrenal fatigue test often do so using urine or saliva tests to measure cortisol levels. So again, I mentioned that earlier about like, they usually try not to rely on blood tests. And then again, Dr. Wilson from that endocrine web mentioned, you have to get an idea of the stress in people's lives. You can have a patient who seems to have normal cortisol levels, but who is exhausted and working 14 hour days. They're worried about their mortgage. So there's clearly a problem there and they need more cortisol than normal to perform. So there's going to be a crash at some point. So all of that said, it's just like doctors have to get like, it's not just like, oh, this test shows this number. So therefore you're diagnosed with this. It's also like, let's look at your lifestyle. Let's look at how you're feeling. Let's look at the symptoms you're experiencing. So that's part of it. But the other thing, like I mentioned, is because cortisol levels vary throughout the day, doctors testing or treating adrenal fatigue suggests that it's important to really do comprehensive tests as well as understand a patient's daily energy and lifestyle and current like uh, stress levels just that they're experiencing in their life to better assess the way cortisol production cycles over the course of a day. So you want to basically look at those daily energy patterns is what they'll do, which is why the Dutch test can be helpful or like a three-day saliva test to basically see like, okay, That's helpful for getting some data points and some actual numbers and measurements, but I also need to take into consideration, like, how are you feeling? What is your days like? Like, what are your stressors in your life right now? All of those things coming together can really give a provider a more full picture or even a patient, just like yourself. Like, it can, if you you don't even have to get a test per se, if you know that there's a lot of stressors and you're feeling like low mood or fatigue or having several of these symptoms, it's something to maybe consider and explore. Again, decide how you feel about it. It's tough because I'm like, I believe it's a legit thing, obviously, but I'm trying to remain neutral here and like show you the full picture. Okay. Um, So anyways, that said, when it comes to, well, what do I do about it? Like, okay, maybe I do a Dutch test and it like kind of confirms what I'm already feeling or gives me some more insight into my symptoms and kind of shows me like, okay, like my adrenals are struggling. My cortisol levels are low. Maybe I need to consider is like my thyroid affected by that or is that kind of like going hand in hand with it? But regardless, if you do find something with the test or you just want to say, you know, I don't necessarily feel like I need to go get tested and spend money money to do that. I just want to better, better support my thyroid and my adrenals and my like metabolic function overall, like my cell health and these adrenals that are producing really key hormones for optimal function, like an energy, like how do I do that? So a few steps that I was advised to take that I will just pass on to you as I would a friend. Like if you were my best friend and you were calling me and you're like, I'm experiencing the same thing you were last year or something similar. Like, where do I even start? Again, non-doctor, not giving you medical advice. I'm just going to share with you like what I would say is, hey friend, I would say go ask your doctor for sure. Go speak to your own practitioner. Here's a few things though that my providers suggested for me to get started with. And I'm sure they're not going to like hurt you. This is not me suggesting a medication. This is not me suggesting anything crazy. It's just like a healthier lifestyle. So first, really being intentional to eat whole nourishing foods. This includes balanced meals of protein, healthy fats, and carbs. So animal proteins or, you know, like rich sources of protein as much as possible, as well as healthy carbs, healthy carb or healthy fats. I'm sorry. Healthy fats can be things like grass-fed butter, olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oils, um, trying to think raw milk. I mean, there's animal fats as well. And then 
carbs, like fruit, root vegetables, potatoes, like kind of getting a good mix of those things. Also, sometimes they'll suggest things like salt, like not crazy levels of salt, but adding in a little bit of sea salt to your food can help your body get important nutrients to support the adrenals. Again, it's like comes to comes down to minerals, honestly, like salt is like sodium and it has sometimes has like iodine, little bits of iodine in it. But minerals like sodium, potassium, things like that can be really supportive to your cell health, your cellular health, your uh, adrenal function, all of that. So really supporting your minerals. There's a dietitian that I have worked with before. Her Instagram handle is Nutrition by Robin, and she has a great adrenal mocktail guide. This is just like a little drink you can make every single day. She's got various different recipes, and she's got a ton on like why minerals are so important to our bodies, to our thyroid, to our cells, and therefore are going to support our adrenal function, especially if you are kind of going off the mindset that our adrenals are like our generator and our thyroid is our main like power source when it comes to our hormone production and our bodies. So if you're going from that perspective, it makes a lot of sense to support your um, minerals. And so Nutrition by Robin has a great mocktail guide that I will be sure we link in the show notes. But that's kind of a helpful place to start when you're like, where do I even begin? It's like, try to eat really balanced meals, like proteins, healthy fats, carbs, just to really give your body whole nourishing foods. Try to add or make sure you're getting at least a little bit of sea salt in your diet and support your minerals with those mineral mocktails and just a few simple steps like that can really be helpful. And then try to reduce or minimize things like white sugar, white flour, processed foods, fried foods, fat or fast foods, alcohol, caffeine, and artificial sweeteners. Like those things aren't necessarily like nourishing whole foods. They're processed, refined, you know, (laughs) like the occasional in moderation is probably fine, but just making sure that's not something you're downing when you're trying to support your adrenals will do you well. And then again, it's also important to think about, and this was something I didn't really realize before until I started working with providers and trying to figure out how to support my body better. One thing I learned is the importance of like not only what you eat, but also when you eat, like eating balanced meals of like the protein, fats, and carbs at regular intervals, like trying to eat around the same time each day can really help keep your blood sugar steady rather than having like these crashes and like spikes and crashes and things like that. So make sure to try to eat breakfast and not skip meals like I was doing for several years. Like no wonder, because then your body, like your blood sugar can't regulate. Um, Lastly, and this is probably the number one thing, like the food stuff can be helpful, eating whole foods, eating regularly, like balancing your blood sugar, all that stuff can be great. But the biggest thing, the biggest piece of advice, in addition to all of that, that was given to me by a couple of providers was sleep and really trying to restore my circadian rhythm by th- doing things like shutting down devices and limiting or eliminating blue light at night. Like once the sun goes down, like, or at least it, she, like my provider that was working with me on this more specifically, her suggestion was at least an hour before you go to bed, your devices need to be off and you need to not be watching TV or looking at a screen it kind of helps like your brain and like, I don't even understand how it works, but basically like all the blue light stimulation affects our circadian rhythm. So kind of like shutting that down and taking at least a full hour before bed where there's no exposure to blue light can really help you get like back into that healthy rhythm to support your adrenal function and thyroid function and hormone production and all of that. So I just took her at her word. I trusted she has a lot more education than me and knows what she's talking about. And so I said, okay, I'll do that. So what I started to try to do is at least an hour before bed, take the time to take a warm shower, do my skincare routine. Sometimes I'll use my red light because that's not blue light and I have my eyes closed anyway. Read for like 30 minutes, you know, chat with Matt, like clean my kitchen. Like I'll do those kind of things and I'll make sure I try to shut my phone up at least an hour before bed. Are there occasions where I only do it a half hour before bed? 
yes, something is better than nothing. Cause like if I'm in the middle of like launch mode or there's something happening, then there's occasional times where I check it or have to respond to a couple things or whatever. But 95% of the time I've tried to implement that discipline. And I feel like that made a huge difference for me. I found that I was sleeping better. I found that I was falling asleep faster. I found that I was waking up more rested. Do I think that that coupled with more other lifestyle things that I did, like some of the food, not even changes, just like improvements. Like I just said, okay, I'm going to, you know, eat more regularly and make sure that I'm not skipping meals and trying to eat more whole, like nourishing foods and things like that. Do I think that that contributed as well? Absolutely. But I do think really prioritizing at least seven to nine hours of sleep a night, but ideally more like eight to nine hours, sleeping consistently and doing that discipline where I was really trying to limit blue light before bed and first thing in the morning. I think that really helped a lot. And it's a habit I try to stick with as much as possible because I think that helps support a healthy circadian rhythm that our bodies are like designed to operate on. The whole like blue light thing and screens until midnight like disrupts all of that, right? So anyway, that's kind of an overview. I know this was a lot of information to digest. So if you're still here, I'm so glad. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I wanted to try to offer you a few different perspectives because again, I know that this is kind of a topic that's still up for debate a little bit, but I think there's good science behind proponents of it. And I think there's some decent science and good science and thoughts behind those who are like, eh, not so sure, but I don't necessarily think they have to be completely like in conflict with one another. I think there's actually even what I was sharing about like, well, maybe the symptoms of adrenal fatigue are actually due to some thyroid issues that are undetected. Like maybe that's actually, and that would go very hand in hand with the more Western medicine traditional view of like, maybe it's not adrenal fatigue. Maybe these symptoms are something like depression or hypothyroidism. So the more that I dug into it, the more I'm like, well, they're not necessarily like, neither of them are necessarily like wrong. They're just coming from different angles. So I hope that's helpful for you in navigating this. I've gotten so many questions on this topic. I think a lot of us are chronically stressed in our lives because not only are we busy and working and all of the things, but there's also just a lot of stressors in our environments, the screens, all the stimulation, the ads, all the things we're exposed to daily. And so, you know, it's not impossible to easily find yourself like operating in a chronically stressed state. So this is just something to be aware of. Take with it what you will. If it doesn't resonate with you and you don't want to think about it, leave it. But if it's something you want to be aware of and learn more about, like take it and start here and kind of dig into it. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, one last thing I will say, because I know I will be asked is if this is something, if you're like, I want to get my hormones checked, I want to know where my cortisol levels are. The best place I would suggest starting is with a Dutch test. That's where I got a lot of information from, you can go to dutchtest.com and you can order one. It's a home test. It's weird. It's like a pee test. You like have to put your pee on this little <laughs> like uh, piece of paper. It's kind of strange. And then you mail it in and you get your results. And then you'll want to work with a provider that can help you understand the results. And I think I could be saying this wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Yes. Okay. So on their website, you can go to patients, at least as of now, I feel like websites can change quickly. But if you go to the patients tab and then you go to find a Dutch provider, you can find one who's near you or at least right for you by using their little search tool. So if you're like, I need somebody who can help me understand this, they actually have like a directory on their website. So hopefully that is helpful. Um, but if you're curious about it, that is a helpful test, not only for your like adrenal fatigue, but also just like hormones in general, know how your body is producing hormones, how it's metabolizing hormones, all the things. It really does give you a lot of insight. So if this is interesting to you and you want to get some more information on your body, that may be a helpful place to start. Um, but that's all I have for you. I could probably tell you a million more things that 
I've learned to do and ways to support your body and all of that. But I feel like I've given you plenty to start with. If you have any questions, don't, don't hesitate to reach out. I can send you some resources or more of these links uh, and books and the things that I'm drawing information from so that you know I'm not just like making stuff out of making stuff up out of the blue. All right. I am struggling to talk. So I'm going to go clock out for the day. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll catch you in the next episode. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.